Welcome to Just Jive Pod, a podcast where we share a drink, talk about life, and just jive. My name is Jerome. And I'm Jesse, and welcome back for another session. Um, uh, you'll notice our audio is a little bit different, but that's because I'm actually in person with our guest today. Um, our guest is Mark, um, so why don't you say hi? Hi, I'm Mark. Cool. Um, and <laughs> as always, we want to start up with uh, our drink of the week. So Mark, um, what are you drinking? And I know I brought a few, but uh, have you had this before? I've never had this before. To- today, I'm drinking truly mango mm, lemonade. Nice. Right yeah. seltzer, the only way I drink my seltzer. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's part of the pack, um, of uh, the 12-pack variety. Um, so I brought, I brought us a couple drinks. Um, mm. And it's, uh, the truly is 5% ABV. I think all of them are 5%. Um, what do you think of it? It's pretty good, actually. It's, yeah, it has a nice flavor to it. It's not too strong. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me, um, I actually brought a Diet Coke. Um, so I'm drinking my favorite, probably non-alcoholic beverage is Diet Coke. Mm. I probably have one, at least one a day, maybe every other day, um, something like that. Uh, it's it's a great like refresher, um, especially yeah. in the middle of the day. So what are you drinking, Jay? Kind of on the same lines, I'm drinking uh, something from Little Beast Brewing uh, from a Tavor shipment. It is the, uh, it's just the lager. Um, it is a 4.8 ABV, uh, drink and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm like sweating already just being in my room, honestly. Um, it's pretty hot and hopefully getting a little cooler. So, uh, this drink is pretty refreshing for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, as you know, as you can see, and as you can hear, um, we do have Mark. Um, he's one of my good friends. We actually were roommates for a little bit. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So, you know, last week we had the pleasure of having, um, Victor on to talk about his experience as like patient slash family, um, in this journey, um, as we're talking and continuing our series on cancer awareness month. And I think, um, what we wanted to cover was like, maybe some, like, like a, a medical professional who works in the field. Right. So Mark and I actually went to nursing school together, um, but I'll let him talk about his work experience and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Mark, I guess before we dive into like the nitty gritty, um, you want to just quickly introduce yourself like, um, you know, school and, and all that stuff, probably similar, like you said, similar to Jesse's, but um, maybe all the way up to your path to becoming a nurse, I guess. Yeah, I can say that. Uh, I've been a nurse about five years now. I've been at City of Hope those five years so i worked mainly in hematology which is the blood cancers mm. and i graduated from biola university same same college as jesse nice i'm sure we can do a whole nother session just about uh funny jesse stories embarrassing stories uh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah there's plenty of those always fun times with jesse <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so i think you know, we've, we've done a couple sessions now and, you know, Mark, I'm actually really excited to have you on because, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely a noob when it comes to medical information. Um, <laughs> I, even the first episode I was talking to Jesse, I'm just like, dude, so what is cancer? <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally the most noob question. Um, but I, I'm really excited because, uh, you know, you know, you working in the, in the, at City of Hope for a while now, I think, um, for both myself and I think for listeners, it'll be a lot of good information, I think, and um, definitely will be uh, a good time, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. For sure. Um, Mark has been, yeah, in that field for a while. We actually, 
um, before graduating, we're working together at, um, on a different uh, cancer unit at a different hospital. Mm. So it's been in both of our past for, for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. I even forgot about that. <laughs> right? Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so, Mark, I'm curious. Now, you say you've been working. Has it been five years completely at City of Hope? Uh, it has been, yeah. All my nurse experience has been at City of Hope. And I, when I was working with Jesse at the other hospital, that was as a, a nursing assistant while I was still in school. Okay, gotcha. So, I'm sure you've had, you know, definitely a wide variety of, like, clinicals and, and different experiences in the medical field. But, yeah. I mean... That the bulk of your experience at City of Hope, um, how, you know, maybe even a retrospect of how, how does that compare to a lot of those other nursing experiences um, for yourself? Well, I feel like, yeah, definitely uh, hematology and cancer care is very different <laughs> than other nursing cares. This is how, uh, how you treat the patients and this even how they serve their meals at City of Hope is just a little different than different hospitals. It's mm. usually you check off of a check off a menu at different hospitals and you give them the menu and they bring you a specific uh, mm-hmm. food item. But at City of Hope, you can actually call them up and just order different items at any time during the day. Oh, wow. But like this in the cancer area, there's specific patients and they're there for uh, longer care. Mm-hmm. So this takes a lot, you get a lot more time just to get to know them and they just try to have the experience just be more personal for them than when they're caring for cancer. Right. Right. And, and do you typically like, only uh, help out and care for uh, like a handful of patients at a time, or are you kind of like a, a daily grind of like hitting up a whole bunch of different patients um, throughout the day? Uh, no, I, we usually only take care of three patients at a oh, time okay. whenever Got we're it. working a shift. Yeah, uh, it's four patients max to take care of, but usually we only take care of three patients because our patient base and hematology that this that anything can happen at any time with them. Mm. They just possibly get really sick all of a sudden on your shift because of all the medications we're giving them and the treatments that we're giving them. Right, right. Jesse, is that is is that a lot different from like your day-to-day um, at your work? Uh, definitely. I mean, um, the huge, the big, largest difference is Mark works inpatient and I work outpatient. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, Mark being inpatient, like the patients are staying in the hospital. They're there for extended periods of time. Um, and as I mentioned, I think last session, like, or even the session before, um, uh, especially when it comes to, to cancer and oncology and, and most, especially with like hematology, um, the patients are there for usually quite some time, like sometimes right. weeks on end yeah. um, for their treatments and their, um, and just also the recovery portion of that too. Um, so there's definitely a different aspect, like, um, the patients that, um, are on the floor and on the, um, staying in the hospital, they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll stay there for a while. So, you know, um, the nurses may have the same patients over and over again from shift to shift, week to week. Mm -hmm. Uh, where at me, like, it's literally just strangers, like, um, like coming through whoever has appointments that day. And honestly, like we may see the same patient come back like a couple of weeks later, maybe like week if they're picking up medications or something like that um, but we usually don't see them like as frequently or as consistently as right as mark does in the hospital i think the longest i've seen is two years that a patient has stayed this wow. kind of just yeah, going throughout the hospital to different floors but definitely the things are longer yeah at our hospital yeah so I'm, I'm curious um you know now now that you've been working there for quite a while mark um you know how i, I know 
you know, especially just imagining seeing the same few patients for such a long time, it you really grow very close to them and, and maybe even, you know, getting very personal with them. Um, is that, uh, ha- has that been the case for you where um, you, you do get, you know, invested? Um, and do, do you think that's changed over the five years um, you've been working at City of Hope? Uh, I think it definitely has changed over the five years, but I feel like I still get you know, pretty personal with those mm-hmm. patients that you just, you just work with them for so long. And this over time, you just get to know them. And I've worked uh, day shift and night shift over time. So definitely mm-hmm. when you work day shift with them, you, they're actually awake a lot longer. So then I can get to know them. This over time and night shift, it's harder to get to know them, but I still do get to have a personal experience with them. And this, you get to know, you get to know them and, well, in the past, you get to know their family also, but now we don't really have family come in because of right. all the COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can imagine that's pretty tough on everyone, really. Um, yeah, I, you know, we, we talked a bit with Victor last week about just the whole process of um, going through chemo and, and all the treatment and even, you know, the surgery before and all the, just the whole process behind it. Um, yeah. So, you know, as a nurse, like how, how involved are you with kind of, uh, I, I don't know if hand-holding is the right term, but really kind of being by, by the patient's side through the whole process. Uh, oh, yeah. We're, yeah, as a nurse, you're constantly there as a patient. You're, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you are hand, holding their hand through the whole process. Right, Because we right. do do the chemotherapy. We do prepare them for the surgery. So when mm-hmm. we give them the chemotherapy, we tell them what the therapy we're giving them, this what to expect and mm-hmm. what the worst outcome, what they can, yeah. This is the worst they can expect and also what's the least they can expect. And sometimes you get in the middle there or sometimes you get the worst scenario. Right. So a lot of questions such as uh, if they're going to lose their hair, when they're going to lose their hair, you just got to, we just walk them through that. Or mm. if they're going to have a surgery, you tell them what to expect in the surgery. So yeah, we just, I guess we are kind of the, the hand holders just to be right. able to help walk them through the experience. I think yeah. the one, the one part that you probably don't see is like the very very initial part right because usually i think by the time they come to your floor like they've already been diagnosed right like they've already kind of been screened and diagnosed for that but pretty much after that point like you're with the patient for majority of that process like the ongoing treatments the follow-ups i mean especially as they're staying there a long period of time um and you know ideally like the recovery as well um Uh, but I think that's like the one window you don't see is like the very, very initial stage where the patient like finds out usually. Right? Yeah. And then even then I feel like they're kind of in shock when they find out. So when they do get to us and they actually need to, they probably heard all the information already, but now they actually need to hear it so they can actually retain it. Cause mm-hmm. they just were in shock. It's just kind of the roller coaster. Time. Then they finally get to where they're getting the treatment. You just, we just got to walk them through it again. This, this is the actual treatment that you'll be getting. This is what's going to happen. Right. This is what's going to go. Yeah. Just go on with the next few weeks of your life. Mm. Man is, uh, and you know, definitely clarify my, my my own question. If if it's a definitely newbie. Um, but you know, I, I've heard of chemotherapy going, like you said, for a few weeks all the way to, um, many, many months. Um, specifically for the hematology portion of it um generally how long does that treatment last um on average uh that's that's a hard question especially for hematology because there's mm. so many treatments it could yeah it could last for months or for years because 
especially with hematology patients, they usually get the chemotherapy and everything to prepare them for a specific treatment. So sometimes it depends on the chemotherapy, how long it takes for them to become into remission. And then usually they go to like a transplant or something to keep them into remission. But the transplant is unfortunately only temporary. Gotcha. Yeah. So it can be a several year process or it can be just a few months. So it's different for every patient. Got yeah. it, got it. Yeah, I'm curious, um, it, like you mentioned, Mark, especially in the last, like, seven months now and um, that we've been, like, dealing with this pandemic. Um, and obviously, like, you know, Save Hope being an inpatient hospital, um, but also dealing with patients who have often, like, compromised, like, immune systems because of the treatments or therapies. Like, um, you know, even in my brief time at City of Hope, I knew that, like, the, the restrictions on like um, on visitors and things like was pretty high because of like making sure you know we don't get the patients sick right oh, like, yeah. we don't bring anything in but with COVID now like and like you like you mentioned like was one of the changes like not having any visitors at all and if so like how how do you feel like um, the adjustment for supporting the patient has has changed because of because family usually is a huge support for them right oh, yeah. Uh, it definitely changed when COVID first came. It was pretty much this: we couldn't have any visitors at all. So the only patients that could have a visitor, if they're younger or mentally disabled, and they needed a caretaker there with mm-hmm. them and their family, or if the patient was going to pass away, then they would uh, let people come. But even then, it was sadly limited to like only two people wow. at a time. So it was a hard time in the beginning of COVID. So, but now that it's been several months, now they're kind of opening up more to people coming just to support patients and be there as long as they're screened and mm-hmm. each patient can maybe possibly have one now. So it is opening up more now, but it's definitely, it was tougher in the beginning and we were definitely had to support the patients a lot more and just kind of be there with them and talk mm-hmm. them through it because they didn't have their family. And that was one of the things they were very sad about that. They, uh, they thought they would have their families there. And I think it was especially uh, disrupting to those patients that were there for several months already, then COVID hit, and they were used to this constantly having their family there mm-hmm. or someone stay in the room, and then they just lost that support system. Right. Mm. I know um, also, like, especially patients who expect to be there longer, like, often kind of, you know, set their, like, own rooms up as kind of like their bedrooms, you know, essentially, yeah. because that is that is what it is. Like, that's where they're staying for a long periods of time. Like, yeah. so they bring, you know, their devices and things, like, um, do you think that at least helps with some of that is having some of those like either iPads or devices to I think, see yeah. their family? Yeah, I think it yeah, definitely helped. And luckily we're in the age where they can use video chat. They can have phones and everything like that. I think mm-hmm. just having the family there is different. And this is kind of like the Zoom fatigue we all feel. I feel like this. Right. it's not the same right. not to see the, the, the person right there. And also I feel like the family members also knew how to set up their rooms just the way the patients would like it because mm-hmm. eventually they get too weak to kind of move their stuff where they want it. And the family members could always be there and give them what they needed right when they needed and just kind of decorate their rooms just the way they would enjoy it. So just the little things, right? Yeah. Just the little things, family being there and just the present. Yeah. Their For presence sure. there. Yeah. I, I imagine like, you know, I know in, ge- in general with healthcare, like COVID and the restrictions of, family and visitors is like like super tough in general but i imagine like, especially with with the patients you see and, and care for like it's a it's an extra layer of difficulty because of 
what they're dealing with, you know, yeah. like, and how involved it is. Um, I, and I think I want to move us into like more, um, more about you, like, especially um, your understanding and, and what you've seen um, in your profession, like, mm-hmm. um, working in Safe Hope for so long and like how you've seen treatment and also like care kind of evolve over that time. Um, like, have you noticed that like, like genetics play a larger factor in, in the cancers that you've seen? Or is it really just like, like, you know, like everyone or anyone is susceptible to it? I feel like, yeah, for the blood cancers I've seen, I feel like I don't really see a genetic portion of it. I feel like mm. I've seen uh, this many different, yeah, the different yeah, genetics within it, this different races. I feel like it could affect anyone. It's just more of just how you... Uh, you interact with the world around you because the, with the blood cancers, it's like something you did or something you were nearby that kind of changed this something in your body. Mm-hmm. That unfortunately, then this becomes cancer. Yeah. Do you feel like um, as far as like external factors then, like, um, you know, especially when there's like, um, like people in the news saying like, oh, like blank causes cancer or like mm-hmm. this cancer or 5G radiation causes cancer. Like um, how much like, how, how much do you pay attention to those things? And like, how do you feel like, um, like, like, you know, the doctors or physicians or um, practitioners like kind of like see and, and conduct that research on that kind of stuff? Like, how do you feel those things affect it? Um, or? Well, I feel like if, yeah, there's actual factual-based research behind it and they say it causes cancer, I definitely feel like those things cause cancer, but... Probably the this and they're acting with this the basic world. I probably don't pay attention as much as I should to that stuff. Mm. But definitely with the uh, chemotherapy and with the different radiations and everything like that, you can even see other cancer patients that had a didn't have a blood cancer at the time with their treatment. They eventually get a different mm. cancer that we have to treat a blood oh, cancer wow. because the chemotherapy or radiation affected their body to mm-hmm. fight one cancer, but it gave them another cancer because wow. these yeah things affect the body and unfortunately change it. So then it becomes cancer over time. Right. And I know we've covered um, like just in general, a little bit about chemotherapy a couple of sessions ago um, about how chemotherapy typically um, like it, it, it does its best to the, the role is to typically wipe out like cancer, cancer, which is a rapidly like um, growing cell. Yeah. So it kills these fast growing cells, but Obviously, like there's other cells in our body that also grow rapidly, yes. um, so it can affect and, and kill those too, um, and possibly mutate some of those too, yes. um, which is, um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, and I think something I want like to to ask you is like, especially on the unit you work at, hematology, and and again in my brief stint there, like I understood that the, um, the unit you like you work on now is probably honestly probably on the forefront of like um advanced treatments or like, mm. like almost like cutting edge like treatments um uh from what i understand it is like um what's called like irbs right like um these like treatments that um are just almost like experimental right um and i know you can't like go into too much detail about like specifics like specific things but how do you feel like um as you've seen like treatments kind of evolve and grow and, and develop over time, especially in the last five years that you've been working there, do you feel like there's been like, like great medical advancement in that area? Do you feel like, um, before even on the other side of things, like, 
with with handling the reper- like the side effects and repercussions of, of mm-hmm. certain treatments is quite better. Um, yeah, just how do you feel like those things have um, have like progressed over the last five years in your career? I feel like uh, it definitely has progressed. Even when I started, yeah, five years ago when I first started, we didn't have uh, CAR T cells, which is I feel like the biggest newest thing that came out while I was working mm-hmm. on my floor and. Mm-hmm. That definitely has advanced the science that uh, with CAR T cells are able to actually target the specific uh, cancer cell to kill it. But in that targeting it, it can cause a lot of different yeah, effects to the body. So then we were on the front lines figuring out exactly what it caused in the humans and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. so like yeah, it, it is harder at times because we're on the front lines and we don't know what we're looking for. But then it does feel good that we are, uh, yeah researching the newest thing to fight cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty awesome in that way, but it's hard at times because we're just kind of, it's just a mysterious thing that we're hoping they know kind of what might happen, but mm-hmm. also we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're operating with like a very thin like playbook, yeah. right? Of like, these are things you might expect, but also we kind of just want you to help find out what happens, right? Yeah. And it definitely advances over time because when we first started it, there are definitely people getting a lot more that were getting sicker on the treatments and then we didn't know how to treat them right away. Mm-hmm. So we just were learning over time just exactly how to treat them and everything. So now we can catch things a lot quicker. We know how to treat them a lot quicker. Yeah, I think from the outside perspective, it's, you know, chemotherapy is really like all I've seen, you know, from the from media, from even word of mouth, but, um, it's really cool to hear that. Like it's, it is, it sounds like it is a pretty like rapid, rapid paced movement in in terms of research and, um, you know, trying to get the best cutting edge tech, uh, technology and solutions in for, for the treatment. So that, that, that's awesome to hear. And I mean, the reason we're talking especially a lot more about chemo is chemo is the, the primary like treatment for like, Hematology, like um, mm-hmm. like hematologic cancers, right? Yes. Uh, radiation, you'll find often for like the solid tumor kind of cancers. So if they're like mm. there's a chunk or a mass of something like in a place, like usually you can target like radiation into that area to like shrink it or like make it operable so you can take it out. But that doesn't apply when the cancer is in the blood, yeah. Um, mm. Like because you know blood is all throughout the body, so. Um, chemo is is the treatment that uh, that is, and that's why like Mark and his expertise is is heavily involved in like chemotherapy treatment, and, right? And you know providing that um, for for the patients and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess you know you know definitely a lot of cool stuff about the treatments, um, and and you know I'm wondering, Mark, do you do you ever ha- gain information about? Um, prevention of cancer um maybe the details of combating you, you know people who might have genetic predispositions um are there are there practical things that you've seen that um you would even share with your maybe the patient's families or um just even your friends um that that you've come across i feel like it's i feel like it's all the same information we've all heard is just to avoid <laughs> certain things that definitely say that it may cause cancer. And this also right, be able right. to do you know, just monthly checkups on yourself also, because I feel like the best prevention is to find it quickly so they can mm. you know, treat it with a less yeah, 
with the less extreme treatments and get it get rid of it because like i said if you go into the extreme treatments then you could possibly cause more problems down the road right so i feel like catching it quickly and just avoiding things that might cause cancer are definitely things yeah and probably um just to expand a little bit on like the idea of catching it quickly is um i think teaching people to be aware of their own body like um you know do especially if i think if uh, if, if someone has like a family history of some kind of cancer like you know there are a lot of screens that relate to those cancers um, especially like colon cancer you know with, like we talked about i, I think with chadwick boseman um who passed away from colon cancer i believe um, like there is routine screening for that um or other other like um, like body based cancers, like you can definitely screen your like kind of like see your you know you see your body every day. But I think it's it's about like teaching yourself to like recognize what's normal and what's not normal mm. um, as far as like you know general things. Or even like um, if it's not like noticeable on your body, like even if your body is like if you're getting sicker more often, or if you're like. Um, if you, or you're like sicker and can't recover like quite quickly, like these are kind of like red flags that you should obviously like see a doctor for in general. Yeah. And if you're bleeding and it doesn't stop for several days. Mm. Yeah, like like things that just should like kind of should like trigger like a, a, a red flag, like oh something's kind of wrong, you know. Um, so I think it's just about teaching like the general public that um, you want to teach them like general you know what's normal by your body and then what's not um so you can kind of like look out for those things yeah that's that's really good advice i think uh i i need to take some of that advice myself um <laughs> you know uh yeah like like i shared first week you know with some fam family members in the past that with uh liver cancer and mm-hmm. yeah i think there there is that fear actually you know um i you know to be quite honest and listeners Shame me if you need to, but, um, you know, it's been a very long time since I've gone to the, uh, a physician to be frank. Um, and that, that, you know, just to be, you know, transparent, it's like, there, there is a fear of like finding out something, right? right. Like if I don't know about it, it's not going to hurt me, but that's, <laughs> I think what you guys are really alluding to. It's like, man, you gotta, you've got to one thing, be aware, but more than that, like take it seriously, you know? Um, and, and I think that's, that's definitely something I need to, you know, take to heart myself. And I think just on that idea that, um, it is like scary, like, yeah, I think we want to acknowledge it. It really is, you know, it is, but at the same time, like, I think the best way to combat that fear and anxiety is, is honestly like regular checkups, um, Mm. for, for the general public, like, the once a year physical is honestly pretty good. Like yeah, you can definitely. get, you can, you know, check up on general things in your body. There's always general tests that they do. And usually even on those things, like they can kind of catch some abnormal thing. Um, but obviously like, I think encouraging people as they, you know, if they get sick, like not to just kind of let it be, um, but if it's <laughs> bad enough, like to definitely go and get, seek like medical professional um, evaluation. Um, but yeah, I think, like the the more the, or the less we stigmatize, like um, I mean, I think the more we understand and accept that yes, it may be scary, but mm-hmm. um, it's like like getting evaluation not be the the part where you get scared, you know, like right. um, and and you know, especially when it comes to cancer, like 
like Mark said, finding out as early as possible is the best way to have like a, a, a better outcome because you mm-hmm. go with less aggressive treatments and, um, and have like a better prognosis. So, uh, whereas if you let things kind of linger, like they will get worse and worse until like you have to pursue more aggressive treatments. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's good reminders. Very practical. I think for, um, people like me, I think there's, yeah little bit of a fear um, underlying um, so you know I, I guess kind of um, along those lines of just you know deep, the, the humanity side of things um, Mark I think you know it, something I, I definitely wanted to you know ask you was you know going through you know five years of working with a lot of different patients and with their families um, do you have you know specific advice on how to best support family or friends who might be going through treatment, um, having a tough time, and you know what 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 can you do to uh, make that process as like as uh, as good as possible? Well, I feel like the gift of presence mm-hmm. is probably the best for them. Is just to just be present with them, try to be there with them, and just try to talk to them, just ask them how they're doing, and just mm-hmm. just try to see what they need, and just try to physically just meet their needs and this yeah try to just depends if they're at home provide see if they need meals or something like that or mm-hmm. just even sitting with them and i feel like silence and just sitting there with them and being with them helps a lot too just mm. to know that someone's there and maybe they just need something to talk about but sometimes when you sit with someone you fit, try to feel the silence with talking but sometimes when you're just dealing with a tough situation you need the silence for this to be able to open up about what's hard. And when you have, when you have cancer or when someone's going through cancer in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing, one thing I also wanted to ask is like, especially since you've been in, in, in this, uh, in this particular profession for five years, like what have you found are personally helpful tips to deal with like the emotional stress and potential like trauma from like, continually working in this in this setting um i think these tips obviously would be practical for people in general of like how to deal with stress or how to deal with um trauma but like yeah what have you found are helpful things in your life that kind of keep you sane and and emotionally like at least healthy you know well i feel like for me definitely you have to recognize whenever you're stressed out or before you get to the burnout point and just Make sure when this, whenever I come home, I make sure to leave, kind of leave work at work and not let it just dwell on me and just kind of eat away at me. I just I choose activities that kind of just allow me to be stressed, hang out with those I love so that I can just feel their love and presence and just be able to, if I need to talk about something, I talk about it also with this friends and family and just coworkers, especially also because coworkers definitely just understand mm. where you're coming and just be able to just, yeah. And just look at things with a good light also. And, this, and for me, I'm a Christian, so I do this a lot of prayer, this a lot of time with God also. This, that, this helps me, yeah, this helps me through it and this to recognize before I get burned out, mm. just doing recreational activities. And for me, it's yeah, definitely getting outside also helps. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Mark. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of really good insight um, and definitely answered a lot of those questions that uh honestly i've been thinking about for a long time and 
uh, you know, I think I definitely appreciate you coming on to uh, just give us some of that insight. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, even even for me, like, even though I've, I've known Mark for a long time and I worked briefly with him, like, it's still just considering, like, the field and, and especially where he's working, like, like things change so quickly and um, also just develop so quickly. So like, it's been a few years since I, you know, last worked there. And I know I'm, I'm sure in the last couple of years has been like pretty cool advancements um, oh, yeah. since, since that point. And I, I think looking forward, like there's probably going to be continuing um, like advancements and developments. And it's just exciting to hear, but obviously like we want to, um, <laughs> first get through the pandemic too <laughs> yeah definitely i'm curious did, did uh jesse did you and mark ever like have the same shift uh ever crossover at all did we uh, we might have but he he was usually training and i yeah. was busy working on the floor mm. yeah so we like we might have been like working the same shift but maybe like on opposite ends of the hall or like, something yeah. like that i think there might have been like one occasion that we actually had like lunch together but yeah. generally it was it's, it's pretty busy. It like, is, yeah. It's, it gets pretty busy. And I recall, Jesse, you said that it's a pretty big place too, right? Um, the hospital itself is huge. Yeah. Uh, even the floor itself, like, like there's not that many rooms, but the, the total like floor size is actually pretty large. Yeah, it's um, really big. We have 36 patients on our floor. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, from one end to the other, it's, it's good. It's a good, it's a good lo- walk, like long walk. Yes. And if you're like, even just walking around the unit is like uh, pretty solid, like oh, yeah. exercise. Yeah, your steps in. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I think listeners at this point, you know, for for this series, we're kind of steering the wreck of the week away from you know so, towards something more lighthearted. And um, this week, we thought it'd be awesome to just share a, a recommendation for a video game that we've been into. Um, I guess, Mark, do you, do you have one to uh, recommend? I do. I, I play World of Warcraft, and actually the mm. new pre-patch has come out before the new extension comes out, and it's just added a lot of new content into World of Warcraft. So it's a new leveling experience and just a lot of fun stuff to do. It's one of the things I use to de-stress, I guess, from work. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> what is that? When is that expansion supposed to? Uh, we we don't know now. It's supposed to come out at the end of October. Now they moved it to sometime this year. Ah, okay. So hopefully not December thirty first. <laughs> hopefully not. How about you, Jesse? Yeah. Um, for me, oh man, what have I been playing? I mean, honestly, I started getting back into League of Legends a little bit, oh. um, and I think I do actually. I am actually a little bit excited because. Uh, uh, just like World of Warcraft, uh, uh, League of Legends is coming up uh, with a pretty big um, uh, like preseason patch um, in the next couple of weeks, I would say, um, which is supposed to, like, it, it's changing a lot. Um, so it's kind of breathing um, some fresh air and new life into the game. Um, mm. So I, I might be playing a little bit more of that this fall. Um, uh, but that's pretty much been it. What about you, Jerome? Have you been playing anything recently? Uh, nothing super new. Um, but I, I started playing, uh, picked up the Sp- PS4 Spider-Man again. <laughs> I oh, think nice. when I first played it, uh, Jesse, I think you were at, at my house, right? Like I had yeah, just bought yeah. it. 
Um, to be honest, the first half of the game was a little uh, like repetitive and boring, and then I kind of stopped for a good, pretty mm-hmm. long time, and then you know kind of started picking up it again. Um, there's a few games mm-hmm. that are. I'm just waiting for Black Friday, hoping for some sales, uh, like a Resident Evil 3 and uh, what was it, The Last of Us 2. Because quite honestly, man, $50, $60 price for me is a little high. (laughs) That's pretty steep. It's it's pretty steep for like a single game. Yeah, so I'll I'll, uh, recommend Spider-Man. I might have recommended it already, but I'm hoping to finish (laughs) it. um, And... When we do video game recs next time, maybe I'll have a, a new one to recommend. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, again, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in with us. Um, we we hope that this series has been uh, helpful and enlightening for for those who do not know much about cancer or um, have not had personal experiences um, in dealing with it. We hope that you know bringing on some of these guests is actually like helpful to give you some of that insight. Um, uh, to help prepare you and just also give you, um, yeah, just increasing awareness, um, in your life. And Mark, um, thank you again for, for being willing to share with us. Um, honestly, it's just good to chat. Um, yeah. it's been months since I've seen you. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were able to share with uh, both Jerome and me, but also especially for your listeners for just your expertise in working in the field. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm seriously. definitely happy to talk about it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Um, for our listeners, um, again, thank you guys for joining us. Um, we hope you guys can stay safe in this COVID um, season and pandemic. Um, and just, yeah, um, you know, go support. Um, there's so many different kinds of cancers that are doing fundraisers this month. Um, you can pick any one of them and, and contribute and support in some way um, just to help bring awareness for, for more people as well. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks again, Mark and Jesse as well. I know you guys got some fun plans coming up. Uh, a little D&D, I believe. Um, so hope you guys have a great session. And listeners, um, stay safe and stay cool. And um, as always, we will see you next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.